Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem, masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And it is the second episode <laughs> of <laughs> October. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want me to say? I don't know. I just can't remember like when we do things when we have a guest. So we have a guest <laughs> and now I'm thrown off. Um, it's the second episode, so it's my week, but I've just been, like, binging things Criminal I've already Minds. watched, like, Criminal Minds. Um, so, that's not that important. It's, I'm watching the 12th season, though, and that has Aubrey Plaza in it. Well... Is that the one where Spencer goes to jail? It is. So, she's in the 11th season finale, and then, like, he goes to jail, and you don't know why until the very end of the 12th season, and it's because of her. So, her inclusion in the show, I think, is peak. And I love it, and I really wish um, she wasn't crazy and that her and Spencer ended up together because I think that they were perfect for each other. Um, and I also started rewatching Criminal Minds because I was getting like, do you ever get those TikTok videos where it's just like a clip of a movie and then side by side it's something completely unrelated? It's like the game where someone's like running or like... Yeah, or like someone's like making popcorn or like they're making like clay it's or like playing screen. Yeah. yeah it's like for people with ADHD that can't focus on one thing um it's great and I got a bunch of those videos about criminal minds and I was like well I'm gonna watch criminal minds now I'm honestly surprised you didn't get a fanfic recommendation and that's how you ended up down that no hole. but I've been getting a lot of flea bag videos like that so I did go down the flea bag fanfic <laughs> hole and there's nothing new I've read all of them there's not that many, though, in my defense. Not I mean, that many fair. finished ones. Fair. Um, Stop so. walking away from your Fleabag fanfics. Come on. I know. Finish your fucking fanfics. Be a man. Be a man. <laughs> Finish your fanfics. Don't do that to me. <laughs> um, anyways, that's that. Um, so we have a guest. We have a guest. <laughs> um, he was very silent for that. And I'm <laughs> you did a very good job. Thanks. <laughs> Usually I talk when I'm not supposed to. You could have <laughs> so, yeah. you, you been on this enough. Yeah. It's fine. You can start joining in the conversation. <laughs> they don't follow any format when you're here. Um, okay. okay. You're like the third unofficial guest. Host. Host. There we go. <laughs> I was like, the... I thought I was an official guest. Are you? I don't know. I don't know what we decided. Guest, not host. What? You're an official guest. <laughs> you're an official guest, but you're yes. the third unofficial host. Right, there. right. Yeah. Okay, so tell us who you are, your favorite beer, your favorite piece of pop culture, and a weird fact about yourself. How many of these do you think change? None. I don't even know. I, I, every time you come on, I also don't remember what they I think were the last only time. thing that's changed is probably going to be his weird fact because yeah. he has to think of it on the spot. I usually like, but I'm like, pretty consistent with my pop. Wait, culture. I'm going to text you what I think he's going to say is his weird fact. Okay, start, start Go it ahead. off. Okay, I'm Trevor. Um, what else was I supposed to say? <laughs> my uh, favorite your beer. favorite beer. Okay. Um, usually I would say like fuzzy smack, but. Because it's October, it's spooky season. I'm gonna say, is it Pumpkin King? What's that? Pumpkin. Pumpkin? What's that one I really like from Michigan? Oh, the Griffin Claw one. Griffin Claw. Uh, that's the brewery, though. Hold on. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Screaming Pumpkin. Screaming Pumpkin. I love it. It's so good. Nice. And I, I like go extra and I put like a cinnamon sugar rim on a glass mm-hmm. and then pour it in and drink it. So good. Um, so Do I'm you also say, put like a little shot of like fireball in there? Like no, what we did that's in a good idea. college that it referenced like two episodes ago? Oh yeah. No. Like, that's what we drank the caramel. More alcohol. That was the caramel apple beer. Uh, no, but I'm going to try that now. But I'd say right now, that'll be my favorite, even though I had a had it, have not had it this season. All right, well, that's one answer that's different. Um, favorite piece of pop culture, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Consistent. Forever and always. It'd be really funny if you changed his name. It was just like, I guess you did technically change your name. Your last name's changing. It is. Not yet, though. Not yet, not yet though. though. So next time you'll have a different answer. Um, <laughs> weird fact about me. Um, you know, it's October and I have not watched a single, like, Disney Channel horror movie, or like, (laughs) scary movie. Disney Channel horror movie? Disney Channel, like, Halloween movie. Like, usually I watch, like, Halloween Town. I did watch the original, um... Hocus Pocus? Hocus Pocus. (laughs) But aside from... But aside from that, I have not watched any, and I usually, like, always watch the Halloween Town series. I haven't watched Practical Magic, and I always watch that. That's a good one. October doesn't, Halloween doesn't start unless you watch Practical Magic, and it, I haven't watched it yet. The month well, has... you're going to be done with October by the time you watch it, so, if you watch it at all. I Maybe will. I'll top my Christmas tree this year with a pumpkin, since I, like, basically <laughs> skipped spooky season. Yeah, you've been a little busy. All right, so. that is a different answer than I thought you'd get, but I thought you were going to say that you could just put your head. No, because I've already said that. I didn't know if you remembered. I always try to do something different. That's the one that he initially thinks of, (laughs) so that's why I was like, he's not going to do it. Yeah. Fair. All right, let's drink a beer. Um, What do you want to start with? Well, do you want to say what what happened today? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we couldn't decide on a beer, so we got four. (laughs) (laughs) I was at the store. I was at Benny's, and I was like, hey, they have this beer. And she was like, get it. And I was like, oh, they also have this beer. And she was like, get that one, too. I want to try it. And then I walk out of Benny's, and Trevor texts and goes, I was at BWS. They had... These, these, this beer and this beer. And Stephanie goes, get both. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have four. <laughs> um, let's we start. Brought three let's back go, here, though. Let's go lighter to heavier, okay. Okay. flavor-wise. So we'll probably want to start with the ale. Mm-hmm. Well, unless we want to do pumpkin with pumpkin and then... Let's do beer. the, the let's pumpkin do, with the pumpkin. Okay. So let's start with the pale ale. Then we'll go to the West Coast. And then we'll go pumpkin to pumpkin. Okay. Yeah. Sound good? Yes. Oh, this is also ale. So maybe these are... No, pumpkin's probably going to be a stronger flavor. So this is a beer called Nash. It's by Half Acre Brewing. It's their pale ale. Um, it's got a little... Alien. I don't know. It kind of looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon. But it's like got a tongue that's going for some um, butterflies. So we're all going to have a little taster of it. Oh, Sorry. I'm going to pour everyone's better than I poured mine because I was thinking. So what I'm reading is that Nash is a reference to Nash skateboards. Hmm. Yeah, there's no information on here. It's a really cool label, though. It I is like a cool it. label. Do you want to take one home with you? I might. Just the label, not the beer. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm not seeing a ton, a ton of information about it other than it's related to Nash skateboards. Okay. 
I actually kind of like this. There's a little bit of like a citrusy note, a little bit of a stone fruity kind of note to it. Um, I have their Instagram post. Oh, cool. They call it a light bodied, hazy pale ale that pushes smooth flow refreshment from the get go. The crispy malt bill is meant to allow tropical citrus floral hot punch of Motica, Mosaic, and Centennial to pop your senses with peach, limeade, and cotton candy fluff. Nash is an easy, breezy ride through the final run of warm, sunny days before the cool settles in. I would agree with all of those parts of the descriptors. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't get, I don't know where cotton candy comes in. Oh, yeah. I guess not that. But everything else, I would just say <laughs> this is just like a very easy crisp. It is a very easy crispier. I actually like for, what is this? And definitely like fruity forward. That's not the right beer. About 6%? Uh, 5.8%. Yeah, for 5.8%, it's, I mean, I guess it's not super heavy, but it is very, like, crisp. It's, mm-hmm. It yeah. does feel like if this was a summer beer, it would be like, This feels it. very, yeah. very it's summer. crushable, for sure. It's got, like, a light body. It's got some floral notes. I definitely get stone fruit. I get, like, the little citrus, a little bit of stone mm-hmm. fruit. I get the honey. limeade. Like, I get what they're saying with the limeade. I don't necessarily get lime, but I get, like, the kind of, like, lemonade-y. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the tartness of it. Yeah. Yeah, but kind of sweet, too. Like a mild lemonade, I guess not yeah. sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, very solid. I do like this a lot. Okay, so... Well, I guess I should pour less next time, because so, we have to finish things before we go on to the next Oh, one. we do? Oh, shit. I only gave him one glass. Almost done. I know Stephanie's got like... <laughs> I've got like half of it left. Throw okay. it back. Alright, go down to the next one. Wait, are we going to say what we... The three words... Yeah, I guess. Or are we just not going to do three words? Um, we can do, do we one, collectively do, do three words? One word each, maybe? That works, yeah. yeah. Because we have so many to go through. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call this light. I'm going to say easy. And then I was going to say light, easy, FM. <laughs> it's crisp. Yeah, I think those are really good words because it's like super crushable. All right, this one is called Alien Escape. It's by The Brewing Project, who I've never heard of, actually. Um, it's a West Coast IPA brewed with Cascade, Centennial, and Simcoe. It's 6.9%. Nice. They are from Wisconsin. <laughs> that you makes sense. they did that on purpose? 6.9? I would hope I so. I would hope so. We talk about any beer that's going to be 6.8%. Just put more alcohol in it and make, make it 6.9%. I mean, this is also a really cute label. It is. The The artwork is giving, like, um, Adventure Time type of okay. animation. Yeah. It's also, like, reminiscent. It's reminding me of, like, those little aliens in the claw machine in Toy Story. Yeah, they're just a lot creepier. Yes. They're a pretty small operation, from what I can tell. They pretty much list every single one of their employees on their website with their photos. Brewing project with a K. Yeah. Interesting. And where is this? Somewhere in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Okay, Wisconsin. I don't know. What, what I think is. is interesting is this ABV looks like it's printed on by a printer. Like a code date? Like a code or... date instead of a print. Like instead of a code date. I wonder if they do different versions of the same beer. I wonder if they, oh, did this it, is kind they of maybe like, didn't know what the ABV was when they made the label and they had to oh, put it on later. This is kind of between like Minneapolis and the Dells. 
Hmm. Oh, sorry. I didn't it smells that. very good. It's almost got more body to it, I think, yeah. and that's what you're kind of picking up on. It is a little bit maltier than, than I, would I would have expected expect for a West Coast. Yeah. It's not quite as, like, crisp. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of... I needed to, like, demonstrate that with my hand because uh, that's just what I think of when I think of, like, traditional traditional IPAs, West Coast IPAs. They're very crisp. They're very distinct. They're very piney. And while this is piney and has some of those elements to it of the West Coast IPA, it does have a very distinctive, like, flavor that you don't... Yeah. It's, like, earthy almost. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Okay, I can't find the actual post about this, but I can read the preview I get on... Google before I click on it. Interesting. Okay. It says, Ailing Escape is a crisp and hoppy IPA that takes you on an intergalactic adventure with a 6.9 ABV and loads of Cascades and Tendulum Simcoe. Um, I don't know when they posted this, so I cannot find. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bit more on the, oh, I would probably almost say it's a little bit like brighter in flavor almost as well. Yeah. The flavor is very, it doesn't really linger, which is kind of nice. It's interesting because when I smelled it, I, I was expecting it to be a lot more like fruit forward or like it sweeter, does have a citrusy it does have a citrusy smell the flavor i don't get that in flavor i do get a malty like backbone mm-hmm. yeah like at the very end more than i expected yeah it's yeah it's very good though it's very this is very good i like this a lot this is gonna bother me like i really wish i could find this i'm looking through their photos and i just like can't i also think this is interesting because there's so much hop Ooh, I found in it. it, but the hoppiness is not the main note yeah. that I think you get right off the bat, which I is agree. kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I get mostly like a malty hoppy. Mm-hmm. Miss mm-hmm. hoppy. So that can be two of our words. <laughs> Malt. Hop. And I was going to say citrus is a third one. There you go. Yeah, it's not giving like traditional West Coast. No. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Easily the cutest graphics of a bunch, though. Um, okay, this next one is Ichabod from New Holland Brewing Company. I think we've actually done this one on the podcast before because we mixed it with White Dragon's yes. Milk. I think you were oh, on. Yeah. I was on. Yeah, because that's something they say to do, right? Yes. That's You were in New Holland for work, and um, they suggested to do doing that. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. And then I drank, like... Ten of these at my friend's wedding, which we did. I was like very shortly after. I think that, that was on the horror movie tropes episode. Honestly, I kind of regret getting a second beer, a side beer. That was a mistake. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll just well, keep now, now there's like seven beers on this table. Well, we're gonna be hungover tomorrow. Three, four, five. <laughs> that yeah, I can get. That's not open yet. Though. Not this. My... Yeah, don't drink that one. Um. So Ichabod, like I said, we've done this before, but as a reminder, it is a pumpkin ale with notes of pumpkin, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Is this the episode where I said nutmeg? No, that was the Crypt Keeper from, it was a Chicago land brewery, I forget that, the beer, that was the Crypt Keeper beer that you said nutmeg like a hundred yeah. times. This beer is so good. It's so light. So it is good. very 
I think I'm very sensitive to the flavor of nutmeg because this is like I get so much nutmeg. Yeah, yeah. it's very strong on the um, the, sp- the pumpkin warm... adjacent spices. Yeah, they're called warming spices. Warming spices. So well, damn. Ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, things that you would put in like a pumpkin pie are generally yeah. called the like, pumpkin spices are called like Pum- warming spices typically. Oh, that's good to know. Because they like kind I'm of. I'm gonna forget that in approximately they kind of give 20 you like minutes. a warming sensation when you have them, or like when they're in things. Right, that makes sense. That's a logical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this beer is so good. The more you know. Always reliable. It is very good. Um, subtly sweet. You get a little bit of the pumpkin notes. I don't think this one's overwhelmingly pumpkin, which is why I think no. I like it so much. I think you actually get a lot of pumpkin notes. To me, I get more like, of those I think, warming spices. Well, I think so the I. warming spices for me like bring out a lot of the pumpkin flavor. But because it's not super sweet, I don't mind it because it's more of like it gives kind of a savory pumpkin yeah. note on top of the spices, yeah. mm-hmm. which I like pumpkin more in a savory setting than I would agree. Um, a sweet setting. Mm-hmm. So I think that for me, I really like this because it's not as an overly sweet pumpkin beer. Yeah. I like this one and I think part of that is because it's an ale. Yeah. Over like a stout or like there's a lot of porters. Yeah. So it like lends to that more savory note a little bit better. Yeah, I honestly forget about this. This is super good. Okay, mm-hmm. three words go. Savory. <laughs> Spiced. That's fair. I will allow it. Um, it doesn't say spice in there. No, it doesn't. You can't say pumpkin, though. No, I'm not going to say pumpkin. Well, technically pumpkin ale, but... Um, what? Are you giving her... Are you cheating? <laughs> I said say gourd. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to... I'm just going to... That's two words. I'm going to say warming spices. Because I think that's like... To me, that is the very... You said spice. So you said spice? Ah, oh, shit. Warm. Just say warm. No, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. I'm gonna say subtly sweet, I think is my last one. Alright, and our last beer in this marathon of beers is that we've all drank within thirty minutes. I mean we've only drank maybe half of each of these. Which is more than we would normally do. Um plus one to start with. Yeah. Um, this is Dark Gourd by Short Fuse Brewing. We've been to Short Fuse. We, we have. did um, a su- summer drinking series episode back when we used to do those. Um, this is an ale with coffee and pumpkin. It clocks in at 5.5%. It says, this beer was made to replicate the fa- flavors of a pumpkin spice coffee. Big coffee flavors with hints of pumpkin and spice. Big coffee flavors. Big so for all those flavors. pumpkin spice girlies out there... I'm one of those. Oh, it smells so good. It smells, it smells like sweet coffee. It smells like what my um, French press smells like. Hmm. So I, when you smell it, I don't get pumpkin in the smell. It tastes, or tastes, it smells like a... Um, it smells like coffee. Just like coffee, yeah. Like with sweetener in it. Oh, I yeah, like a sweet coffee for sure. In the smell? The smell. Because when I think of pumpkin coffee, yeah. I think of a pumpkin spice latte, which has a very distinctive mm. smell to it. I know uh, I have been accidentally covered in the pumpkin spice spice mm-hmm. syrup on more than one occasion. You have too, I'm sure. Yes. I actually really like this one. I, I was a this little hesitant really on the coffee because I was like, it could be too sweet. Yeah. And it's not. I don't get as much pumpkin as I would like to get in this. I don't get 
a lot of pumpkin or a lot of those warm spices, as you call them. I get warming spices more than I get pumpkin. I get like... I think now that I have had this, I see what you mean about the last one having more of that pumpkin flavor. Because this, to me, has more of the warming spice flavor. Yeah, this is like um, you took an Americano and then put like... No, like Starbucks has those like spices and like shakers. Yeah, yeah. Like you took an Americano and like put a couple shakes of like nutmeg and cinnamon in it. Yes. I don't get very much pumpkin in it, but that could just be because the coffee is overpowering. I get a little bit of the pumpkin on like the very very back end, but again, it's not like a sweet pumpkin. It's almost like that savory note, which is I think why the coffee is so overpowering. Okay. Yeah. The coffee is very overpowering in this, but also. I really like it. So no, I, I do can't too. complain. I do too. I don't think that they were doing what they they did what they were trying to hit, like as far as making a PSL. But I, I almost don't think you're just pumpkin spice. coffee. Yeah. yeah, I feel like this is more sweet pumpkin, whereas the other one you said was more savory pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. It does taste a little bit more sweeter than the other one. Does. Yeah, less savory. I wonder if you mix them together. Science. Watch it taste like ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have a hey, cheers to that. I like that too. <laughs> yes. What if it tasted terrible and you're just trying to fucking trick us? No, try like, it. You and the Malort bottle on fucking. It balances Friday. it out. It's a little bit. Was that coffee, Friday? More pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... This, I don't like it more than I like them individually, though. I would agree with that. But I'm saying it it's definitely not gives you together. more pumpkin. It gives you more pumpkin, but I still like them better individually than mixed um, together. I agree. We need three words for this one. Oh, yeah. Coffee. Warming spices. <laughs> I'm going to say malty. Yeah, I, get I think this is very malty. I get malt from that. All right, now that we're 30 minutes into this... <laughs> Wait, can we do our favorite of the four? Oh, yeah. What's your favorite of the four, Trevor? Is it Ichabod? It's Ichabod. It's Ichabod. I think my favorite's actually that um, Alien Escape. Yeah, I don't think Alien Oh, I think... I I liked them all for different reasons. Mm -hmm. I think Nash. Like, I could drink Nash. Oh, I could drink Nash all day every day. I could drink Nash all day every day. I think that's why I like that one so much. Um, Okay, cool. Now that we are 30 minutes into the recording. Fuck it. There's no rules. This is our show. No, this is our show. It's our show. Y'all are just listening. And this is when everyone turns it off. <laughs> okay. So we are talking today about the... It's one of Trevor. It's one of your favorite movies, isn't it? Absolutely. Wait, yes. I gotta do math. This is why you're on Probably it. in yeah. my top five cult classic. I feel like you've talked about this before and like... Horror, like we've talked about, like top horror movies on the yeah, podcast. You've referenced this you've several referenced times, this one, yeah. for sure. All Which right, is, it's actually so. Some background: we were supposed to have a different episode today that will actually end up probably coming out in November. Yeah, and when we were doing like trying to figure out what to do for, we actually brought this Exorcist. up for last week. Yeah, for the Exorcist, we were like, we could do Killer Clowns, and then we we're like, what well, Trevor should be you on. Just here. said oh. what it was. <laughs> we should do this movie, um, but Trevor should be here. Because it's like one of your favorite horror movies. And um, I think you were on your honeymoon when we recorded this. Probably. Um, so we weren't able to. And then it just so happened that we had to drop. We had to push the November plan episode. out to November. <laughs> and then today it was like, Trevor, you want to come over and do this real quick? And I said, absolutely. 
We okay. are talking about the 35th anniversary of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And now we have to go see Bag Raiders. Goodbye, everyone. And now the episode gets pulled from the internet because I did that. No, you got to do it for more than 10 seconds, and we kind of talked over it, so that's fine. <laughs> so, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, we, like we established, great movie. Um, do you, just to kick it off, do you guys remember, I think it was the three of us in Wait, 2019. do you want to give just a quick background about the movie, like what it's about? Uh, fair, I can do that. Because I feel like it's kind of a, it's a cult classic, but it can be a little bit obscure. Yeah, so it's a sci-fi horror comedy. It was actually released in May of 1988. Um, it was written and directed by the Chiodo brothers. Um, well, two of the three Chiodo brothers, Stephen and Charles, who also created all of the makeup and practical effects for the film. So the Chiodo brothers are actually known for, along with their third brother, Edward, for being special effects artists and not filmmakers and producers and whatnot. Their specialty is clay modeling, creature creation, and stop motion, and animatronics. Outside of Killer Clowns, they worked on the puppets and effects for Critters, Ernest Scared Stupid, Team America World Police. (coughs) They did Claymation for Pee-wee's Big Adventure. They did stop motion for Elf. You know, they've done a lot of effects and creative stuff, and this was one of the first films that they had, like, really stepped forward to direct and write. And this is all pre-CGI, right? Correct. So, like, this is all, so, all practical, practical. Yeah. Yeah. Um Also, fun fact, the band Chiodos was originally going to be named Chiodo, and then they got in trouble with the guys. Okay, when you said that, I was like, are these guys just in Chiodos? <laughs> no. Completely unrelated. Okay. They're not even from Michigan. Okay. So... Um, they used all practical effects in this film and they used a hell of a lot of rubber suits for mm-hmm. everything. Um, the film was originally going to just be called Killer Clowns, but they added from outer space to prevent people from assuming it's a slasher film. Okay. Cool. Now going to your point. Oh, so I was going to say, I just, one of the things I remember the most about watching this movie is it was the three of us. We went to the... Brewyards, and they did an event where you could go sit by all the tanks and watch a scary movie every week, Mm -hmm. and we just got shithoused. Yes. (laughs) Fun fact about that time, that was my first time ever seeing Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Really? Really? I'd never seen it before. Yeah. We must have just talked about it so much. You guys, no, you guys did talk about it a lot, and then you were like, well, you guys wanted to go, and I was like, well, what am I here for? I'm a good time. <laughs> um, good time. So I went to go see it, and I was like hammered. and was like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? Yeah, um, and it's trip. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that when I was doing a little bit of research, I found very interesting, because I expected this to be an extremely low-budget film. The budget for it was $1.8 million. At the time. At, at the, in 1986, <clears throat> 87, whenever they were But then when it. I was thinking about it, I was like, how, where did all the money go towards Every scene was, like, insane props and special effects. Yeah. So, like, their budget for special effects was insane. And what I found out was that a lot of the actors they hired were just friends and even their neighbors to, like, staff it because they were trying to keep budget so low on, like, the rest of the production side so that they could put Mm -hmm. it all towards special effects. Um, They also 
only filmed it in 38 days, which oh, I, I feel that. like is That's very, crazy. That's very short good. amount of time, especially for something like this where there are so many special effects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially because, like, they were doing... Everyone's also in, like, a giant... All, I mean, the, the clowns are in, like, a giant rubber suit. Like, yeah. how do you do that? Yeah. And, like, do that so quickly. Because like, you'd have to imagine a lot of the scenes take some effort to shoot. Um, I mean, well, the clowns, like, the acting is clunky for, like, the clowns. So, like, you can tell it that, like, it's difficult difficult yeah. for them to Well, I was just saying, being inside of that yeah. suit for an extended period of time, I'm sure, is not enjoyable. Yeah. They yeah. probably felt terrible. Yeah, because it was all, like, latex. And rubber, and, yeah. And rubber, yeah. Um, so, the main... Chioto brother was actually the one who was in the I did main clown suit. I did see that. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he played, I think, his Jojo. Yeah, um, so... What did I... I actually wrote this down. Um, the giant colossal clown, which is Jojo, uh, was originally going to be all stop motion. Okay. But uh, it's Charles Chioto's in a rubber suit. Nice. Yeah. Um, should we give, like, a general... Well, yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at for Stephanie to talk about, but you can give it, Trevor. I was going to say, I can give, like, a general plot. Yeah, I usually give the background, and we never talk about the plot, so... Well, this is, like, a more culty movie. So, basically, it, like, follows the standard horror trope of the 80s, which is, like, hot young couple, they, like see this, like, bowl come down from the sky, realize that there's an alien invasion and their town's being attacked by, like, aliens that look like clowns from outer space. Probably killer clowns. Killer clowns from outer space. They, like, are trying to, like, convince the town and convince the police that this is happening, and the police, like, write them off as a joke, so they, like, take it upon themselves to try to, like, protect their town and defeat the clowns. Um, and I'm not going to say how it ends. I just or... remember the scene where they first go in, like, the spaceship lands, and they go in it, and it's, like, the fun house. Yes. And that's when they find, like, the big cotton candy, like, cocoons yes. where yes. they, like, trap the people in. Yeah. And when they run away, a, a balloon dog chases, chases them. them. So, yes, that's one of the, I'm going to get into it later, but they have very funny, like, murder scenes. Yes. Yeah. Or, yeah. like, their weapons that they yeah. use are hilarious. Well, I think that's what makes it so campy, too, and, like, makes it sort of not a horror movie that is a horror movie. It's, like, it is, there's, like, it's a little scary. Like, there's some jump scares and some moments where it's scary. But so so much of it is, like, ridiculous and over the top. Yeah. Like, the scenes that they're killing, when they're killing people, it's, like, very, like, clown-like. Like, there's there's so many moments that just follow that, like, um, <clears throat> characterization. So oh yeah, that they like, like lean really into the of... clown trope. And yeah, then right. and it's like of... just super goofy because oh, yeah. they're leaning so heavily into like these clowns from outer space. So like they have like weird technology that mm-hmm. is like, like that a are murderous human clown stereotypes. Yes. Yeah, but this stuff kills you. Yes. So it should be clarified though; these are not actual clowns these are aliens that yes. appear these are as aliens. clowns yes yes hence they're the actually called beers. clowns but yes. with the k yes. yes that's the name of the hence aliens hence the alien themed beers that yeah we have. that was that was the original inspiration for the alien beers but you know we had to try some others too so how this movie idea came about i thought was interesting because it how the movie came about like the idea was actually how the 
opener was supposed to happen until they decide to scrap that and do mm-hmm. the tent scene. Oh. So the brothers had this idea. They were, like, chatting um, about just, like, creepy things, and they were saying, like, what's the creepiest thing that you think could happen to you? And one of the other brothers said, if I was driving a car and I was stopped and I turned over and there was a clown staring at me from a car next to me (laughs) and so in the film that happens like a guy's driving he turns next to him and there's a clown driving an invisible car that's how the movie was supposed to start so like the original film or the scene that was supposed to start the movie was that like it was like a girl trying to like hook a guy trying to hook up with a girl he kicks her out of the car because she doesn't want to hook up and then the clown like follows him and he drives off a bridge but because they had so many issues with, like, filming that scene, because yeah. it was, like, at night, the road was bumpy and all that, they yeah. ended up just, like, cutting little pieces of it and mm-hmm. instead doing the scene where, with like, the tent, the tent the comes down. Yeah. So. I, one of the that's things, actually, I think, a really fun piece, like, is, like, that their spaceship is a, a giant tent. Content, yeah. Yeah, when it, like, lands and turns into a tent. Yeah. yeah. And, like, everything about, like the existence of these killer clowns is just so... It's so, like, goofy and fun. What do you want? I don't, I don't know. Give me one of them. You pick. You just pick one. Um, it's so goofy and fun because of that. Like, because it's... Like, clowns... At, I mean, clowns are creepy, and, like, obviously we think that now. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the time, do people think clowns are creepy? Or were they, like, goofy, and this was, like, one of the things that... No, was... they probably still thought they were creepy. Yeah, I feel like there's always been this, like, weird underlying fear of clowns. Okay. Well, because we even just said, like, what's the scariest thing that could happen to you? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, look yeah. over, and there's a clown driving the car next to you. That's just fair. staring at you. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was interesting. But going off of that scene, when the car went off the bridge, it was supposed to, like, fly off the bridge but there was like a technical issue and they only had one car and it ended up just like kind of slowly going off the bridge and it was just like falling forward and smashed so i actually was reading specifically about that so all of the cars that they had in the film were rented because they were trying to keep the budget low and (laughs) that meant none none of the all of the cars you see in the film are rented Okay. Um, so none of the cars that were supposed, none of them were supposed to get damaged. Damaged, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So I was going to say that had a zip cord. It was supposed to like go straight off, but it broke. So, so it, just... it was actually only supposed to go a short distance, yeah. and then it was going to like CGI. They were going to like, okay, I got it. Yeah. They were going to insinuate that it went off. Yes. yes. But then the car actually did. Oh no. Yeah. The other car that got damaged was the one where the webbing goes in the car, the cotton yeah, yeah, webbing. Yeah. Um, they got they took three thousand dollars worth of effort to remove all the solvent from the webbing because oh the gosh. jeep got destroyed. I feel so bad for whatever brother put their credit card down for the rental <laughs> cars. That's insane. That's why you get the insurance. Yeah, exactly. Um. Overall, um, there were, uh, there are really funny kill scenes in it, Mm um, and, like, very funny weapons, so one of the kill scenes, my favorite kill scene in the entire movie is the shadow puppet kill scene. That one's really fun. Yes. So, basically, the clown starts doing shadow puppets, and the shadow puppets, like, become alive almost, and, like, eat the person that's on the wall that the shadows are being put on. Um, which I think is, like, a really cool ability they have, but I, that's my favorite kill scene in the whole thing, because I so did not expect that. I like, and I don't know that it's necessarily a kill scene, 
I mean, I haven't seen this in a little bit. The popcorn gun? Yes. Um, so I was actually reading about that prop in particular as well. That was the most expensive prop that was in the entire film. Really? It cost them $7,000 to make and it needed six weeks of time to perfect it. There was an air compressor inside the gun that would like make it. That's how the popcorn would propel out. Wow. Imagine going to an engineer and just being like, I need you to make this for me. Well, these guys are all practical <laughs> effects artists, That's too. That's true. They probably were dicking around in they someone's garage. Yeah. Very true. Um, I'm just, like, on a thing that's about, like, unknown facts. Did you know, like, the theme song by the Dickies for the movie, The Killer Clowns? Yeah. Um, was written just based on the title. They had never seen the movie when they wrote it. Really? Apparently, they hadn't seen, they hadn't read the script, they hadn't That's done anything. That's a sick theme song, just too. The very cool theme song. song. Um, the characters in the film were named after real childhood friends of the Chiodo brothers. Um, Mike Tobacco was known for bringing girls to make out point with champagne in his glove compartment and a rubber, <laughs> a rubber raft in his backseat. And the Terenzi brothers really did rent an ice cream truck with the hopes of getting girls. Wow. Yeah, because they drive the, the they drive around with uh, the ice cream truck mm-hmm. to use a loudspeaker to try to warn people about the clowns in the movie. Um, when the farmer Gene Green goes into his house to get his tools, he can ret- uh, so he can retrieve the meteor. The prop master can be seen in that scene handing the props to him. <laughs> um, and they apparently did not want to reveal the clowns until later in the film, but the executive producer insisted that they show them in the first reel. So, like, I think that they were just going to be, like, kind of in the background. Yeah. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, it's interesting. And there's so many clowns. Like, I didn't realize until I was doing research for Mm -hmm. this episode how many clowns there actually are. Because I only ever remember, like, three of them. But they have, like, a full... So let me read some of the names of these clowns. All right, read them off. So there's Jojo, which is the main clown that turns the into the clown. One. Yeah, yeah, Clownzilla. Um, Jumbo, Fatso, Shorty, Rudy, Spiky, Slim, <laughs> Bibbo, Chubby, Joe, Majori. These Majori! Sound like dwarves. These sound like the dwarves. They do. <laughs> like... Tall Storefront, Frank, Boko, Baldo, which is Boba's brother, which they specified... Slam, Mojo, Bippo, Kilbo, Bash, Danny, and Crinkles. And then there's a scene where there's two, like, seductive female killer clowns. Uh-huh. And their names are Rosebud and Daisy. Why do they have the most normal names? I don't know. But, um... And then there's the baby clowns. Because, like, they, the, they shoot oh, popcorn. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah. popcorn turns into baby clowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, there's just so many clowns. And I looked at the significance of that, and there's, like, multiple... There's, like, background of, like, multiple reason why these clowns are coming. One of them is to, like... Because they feed on living things, so they, like, need food. Yeah. But then the other one is they wanted to expand their population. Like, oh, yeah, because when they do the race. shadow puppet scene, they put them into a bag of popcorn, and then it gets eaten by the yeah. baby yeah. clowns. So yeah, they're yeah. trying to, like, raise new killer clowns to save their race. Um, I just read a really interesting fact. I don't know if you guys know this. Debbie's shower scene lasts for 20 minutes of screen time and potentially covers hours of time in the chronology of the film itself. So, like, they may have spent, like, 
hours filming her in the shower. Jeez. And it's possible it's considered possibly one of the longest shower scenes in the history of cinema. Wow. At 20 minutes long. That's crazy. I do remember sitting there watching that scene and being like is she gonna <laughs> is she gonna, is she gonna die? Get in the shower at some point? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a long shower. You know, some of us take a really long shower. I mean, I do too, but think of all the water. Some right. of us have water bills today. <laughs> it says approximately 40 clowns were used, were used in the climax in the sh- spaceship Big Top. Yeah. And they actually repurposed some of the clown masks for other movies after this one. Yeah, the uh, Ernest. Yeah. That one. Mm-hmm. They use some of the clown masks in there. Yeah. Ernest Scared Stupid. That's what it's called. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a fun fact I learned. Yeah. We're researching this. Um, I thought it was funny because on the. Um, on one of, like, the fanfic websites, they talked through a list of the crimes that the clowns actually commit. What fanfic website? It was, like, a fandom website. Oh, not a fanfic, not not a fanfic, fanfic website. That's different. No, Those I are don't... Those two very don't, different Yeah, they things. are very different things. I should start a fanfic website. Um, for killer for clowns. For killer clowns? Yeah. Um, but the list of crimes includes mass murder, kidnapping, treachery... Mayhem, mutilation, genocide, animal cruelty, and invasion. (laughs) I was like, wow. Trespassing, I'm sure, is one of them. Another interesting fact that I learned while researching was that for the um, end scene when Jojo turns into Clownzilla mm-hmm. to make him look massive, they actually, a special effects feature is they created a mini version of the set. Like a miniature town. Oh, I did read about that. They yeah. literally made a mini version of the town themselves yeah. so that he could mm-hmm. walk around and, and look, look giant. massive. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. One of the other interesting things I was reading was, um, so they have the balloon animal dog. Mm -hmm. They had to coat its legs in latex because when it's like running through the forest, there's all the pine needles. Yeah. And it would have popped. Oh. Because it was a real... They used a real balloon? Yeah. Wow. They had to coat the legs in latex to move it around, otherwise it would have popped. Speaking of dogs, I read something about how when, I can't remember which character it is, that like pulls the cotton candy off of the farmer's face, Gene Mm, mm -hmm. Green's face, um, and realizes he's dead, there's a smaller cocoon behind him, and that's implied to be the dog. Mm. And I vaguely remember watching that movie and being like, what happened to the dog? Now you know. So I guess we should tell people how they eat people. Yeah. Which is basically they have this gun that they shoot at people and it turns, like, it creates a cocoon of cotton candy yeah. around the person. And, and it then basically, they, like, gelatinizes them. Yeah, and then they drink the human remains yeah. out of the cotton candy like The cotton cocoon. candy, like, digests them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a time. Sick. What a time. <laughs> um... 
Do you guys remember? So I mentioned my first time watching it was with you guys at that Briards event. Do you remember your first times watching this movie? I think I was in college. Uh, my senior year, we had this like giant TV, and my we didn't have cable because we were cheap. And my roommate had all of her like parents like we had a VHS player and all of her like random parents VHSs we would watch, and I think that was one of them. I was in middle school, and I was sleeping over at my friend who introduced me to, like, old horror movies, which got me into it, and we went to Blockbuster and rented this, because they had it there, and watched it. Okay. But, like, his basement is where I watched all of, like, my first slashers and horror films and this type of cult classics. Yeah, except with my neighbor, so. Okay. (laughs) So, I also, I think, I had kind of, like, been familiar with... Is that where you watch Sleepaway Camp? What? Sleepaway Camp, isn't that like the scare, like one of your like scariest movies? I've never seen that. Sleepaway Camp? Which is the one that's like in a camp that you talked about. Oh, The Burning. Is that what it was called? Yes, which is at a camp. Okay. Um, Sleepaway Camp is a very different movie. The Burning, yes, I did watch it there. Okay. Yeah. But, um, I feel like when I was younger, I had like been aware of the film. Yeah. And I actually think in my brain when I was young, I got it confused with Mars Attacks. Okay. And I thought it was like a Tim Burton movie. Gotcha. I watched Mars Attacks when I was like eight or nine. I didn't see Mars Attacks until recently um, for the first time. It was terrifying. But I think I'd also heard, like, so when I went to go watch it with you guys, I'd heard, I think previously to you guys talking about it, of the movie. Yeah. And I think I just thought it was like a bad movie. Sure. And, I mean, high-key it is, but it's also (laughs) bad in a good way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought it was just, like, a bad, bad movie. Like, it had flopped in the 80s when it came out, and it was just, like... A a camp movie movie that people just decided they liked. Right, right. It ended up making $43 in today's money in the box office. Which, for a movie like this, isn't bad. It also was, like... An instant cult classic. Yeah, like, it's people got recognize like a seventy-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is and a six-point-two percent on IMDb, which is not bad. No, for this kind of movie and the scale, like that's not bad at all. Yeah, it shocked me when I saw that. So, like, it was—I don't know. I think I've never seen a movie like it before, and so I think people immediately gravitated toward it, and that's why it became an instant cult classic. Wait, so I just thought of something. So. Lindsay, you said the first time you saw this was when we all saw it at Brew Yards together? I think so. Did you, Were you not familiar with the film when we went to Universal together and it was during Halloween Horror Nights and they had like Correct. everything set up and they right. were selling all the killer clown stuff? Were yes. you not familiar with it mm-hmm. at that point? Oh, I didn't realize I completely that. forgot Disney did that. Universal. Universal. Or Universal did that. So in 2018, they did like a scare zone that was all Killer Clowns themed. And like during the day, we didn't go for horror nights, but during the day, you would walk around and the props, the big props were still out. Mm-hmm. They had the ice cream truck. Yeah. It was like parked in the middle of the park. Yeah, I did not know. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, because that was the first year they ever did that. And that was the year we went. Yeah. Huh. Did not know. So, they've said that they're making... A video game. Well, yes. They're supposedly making a video game, which is supposed to, I think, be released next year. Uh, End of this year, early next year. But they're also making 
a requel, what they're calling it, which is like a remake, but also a sequel. So like Evil Dead 2? Kind of, yes. Like revisiting with a bigger budget. Yes. And rumor has it they're in post-production, but they've been working on this for like over a decade. So I don't know if it's actually going to come out. I feel like that could be hit or miss because I feel like one of the things I really enjoy about this is like that it seems relatively low budget. Yeah. And it's it's fun because of that because it's so campy. Yeah. I feel like if you have a higher budget and you're redoing it, it could be like t- they could be taking it too seriously. Yeah. Well, then you're not going to like this next fact because Sci-Fi bought the rights to make it oh, no. a TV series, which they have yet to do, but they purchased the rights to make it a TV series. So it's going to be the fucking magicians all over again. Sci-Fi is terrible I TV know. shows. Yes. I think that's where Santa I would Jaws watch came it from. If... I mean, I watched all of Eureka, but... <laughs> I would that's a it, fun but... show. That is a good. I mean, it's a fun show. Yeah. It's not good. It's not but good. It but it's fun. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was reading too. So, um, Killer Clowns had become such like a big classic that I guess that would have been the 30th anniversary they did that Universal mm-hmm. scare mm-hmm. thing. They made it a standalone haunted house in 2019, and it was so popular that they actually brought it back in 2022. Oh, fun! Wow. That's been one of their most popular haunted houses they've ever done at Universal. And um, they've made, apparently they've made like a stupid amount of money off of the merchandise from it. Because people were so obsessed with it. And I was also reading that some of the collectibles, like collectibles didn't come out from this movie until the early 2000s. They're worth thousands of dollars if you were able to get your hands on them. Like people are so obsessed with this movie that, like, this was their first opportunity in, like, 2019 or 2018 and 2019 to buy merchandise. It's like, mass, like yeah. yeah. So, nowadays, you can go to Spirit Halloween and you'll see a ton of Oh, I was at Spirit Clown. Halloween and they had a bunch of Killer Clown stuff. Right. Yeah. And that, that wasn't a thing until maybe five or six years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, interesting things. It's all coming back. I was also reading that the so this video game they're supposedly coming out with in the next let's say year is one of the um, they call it an asymmetrical game where it's a multiplayer game but you do different things to progress the plot. Okay. So oh. like um, that Mario is it Odyssey where you have the hat? Galaxy. You do Gal no Odyssey. Odyssey's the hat. Where, like, you're two different characters using doing completely different things um, that yeah. work together to progress the plot. It doesn't have to be two players. So, like, does this game have to be two it, players? I, I don't know. Okay. I have not seen enough information about it to know one way or another. Okay. I'm gonna play it somehow or some way. It requires PlayStation, so... I, I guess I'll be spending over. a lot of time here. <laughs> what do you think scares people about clowns? Because I feel like there's, like, so many people have a fear of clowns. I feel like we've talked about this before, and I cannot remember what it is. Um, I mean, they're kind of just, like, unsettling to look at. They're... Because, like, I wonder if it's, like, because, like, for dolls, people have a fear of dolls because they're, like, so close to, like, real humans, but there's something just slightly off, and it makes people uncomfortable. I wonder if it's because, like, clowns are so close to humans, but then there's that. I don't know if it's a real thing, but I remember um, the the John Wayne Gacy thing, 
was yes. like the first time that yeah. like the killer clown motif kind of came up. And that yes. was about the 60s. Um, Scientific American says that there is an eerie, unsettling feeling due to the clowns making them look not quite human. Um, similar response to dolls or mannequins because of their exaggerated facial features convey a direct sense of threat. And that also clown makeup hides emotional signals. Mm. And so like, in, like immediately we are, because we're unable to like read them. We have a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys afraid of clowns? No. It all, no. It also says that. Are you? Um, yes. Not like definitely afraid. Like yeah. I can be around them, but when I was a child, we were. Oh, when I was a kid, they were super scary. Yes, but I specifically remember being at NASCAR as a child because it was the only thing to do in my hometown, and there was a really creepy clown there making balloon animals, and I started crying because it scared the shit out of me. Um, the t- this Time magazine talks to psychiatrists, and it says because they have painted faces with exaggerated emotions, uh, there's an inherent mistrust. That what they're presenting to you isn't actually real. Mm. Well, what the movie was presented in the faces of those clowns was very real because they looked creepy and yeah. evil, and they were. They were also aliens. True. <laughs> and then also towards pop culture's recent trend of depicting clowns as menacing and murderous isn't helping. Yeah, that feeling. I but, feel like my first experience being told that, like, clowns are scary is it. Yeah, same. Mm. The other thing that um, this article says is, going back to ancient times, clowns are equi- the equivalent of co- court jesters. Sure. Mm. That uh, poked fun at kings and made people in high places uncomfortable, and that's why they exist. They're designed to make people feel afraid. And if you go all the way back to the beginning of clownhood, a.k.a. the jesters... They've always been bad. They're pranksters and they play tricks. And in one way, um, they're kind of like impish. Sure. Hmm. It's a bit about fun, but it's a lot about mischief. Or in this case, killing people. Or in this case... Cocooning them in cotton candy and eating their disinterated lives. Or feeding them to their children. Yes. Their popcorn children. Their popcorn children. Hmm. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about in relation to the movie? I don't think so. Have they ever made like a, a sequel? Even no. like a they apparently the sequel up until whatever the Trevor Rachel. was mentioning yeah. has been what they call in like the graveyard. Yeah. So it's been brought up, passed, brought up, passed for thirty plus years. Okay. The sequel is supposed to be called Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space 3D. Oh, that no. sounds like they came up with this idea in 1995. So they came up with the idea and started talking about the sequel immediately after this sure. came out. Okay. But then they didn't do anything. But then there's that rumor that it's in post-production, which means they must have filmed it. But it's just a rumor, so I don't know. They took 10 years. It's probably like a lot more like claymation and... Uh, don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe someday. Maybe. Or not. If it comes out, will we go to the theaters and see it? Maybe. Yes. I'd go. Dressed as a clown. I would not do that. <laughs> Dressed as a piece of popcorn. Dressed How would you as do that? a cotton candy. Dressed as cotton candy. Yeah. Okay. And with that. <laughs> okay. 
Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and leave us a five-star rating and maybe a written review. If you want to get in touch with us, listen through the song and you will hear all of our contact info, including our social media handles, which is the place that you could find us most easily and interact with us that way. And um, I don't know why I said it that way, but we will see you next time. Bye, guys. That was the episode. So we love hearing from you. Um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No ant. And as always, I'm Lindsay. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.